do Bible study, yeah! <laughs> I love that intro. This is the Kingdom Project Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Hall. Yes! And another drive through Bible study. Since we could not get through the first chapter of Colossians last time, so we ended uh, in 20, right? So we're going to get into that. Uh, 21 through uh, 29, I believe. We're going to dig into that this episode, okay? So, um, there. in case you, you do follow and you, you pay attention, there was no... Um, there's no sermon, uh, Sunday sermon, uh, podcast or episode uh, this week. Uh, we did have church. Uh, today is New Year's Eve. So yeah, yesterday was Sunday. We had church and um, we did a little something a little different. And what that was, was um, they want to go into the gospel. They want to learn some some of that, the, the basics, the the sim- a simplistic way to articulate the gospel, but to understand it. And so I wanted to know what they, um, what, what their definition or how they would explain the gospel. So that I just had open, open discussion. It was more, I told them, Hey, it's more like Sunday school. Let's just do this. And so we, we talked and we discussed, so I didn't record it. Um, it, it was actually pretty good should have recorded it but i i didn't record it just because um some some people may may not want to talk if they know they're being recorded you know what i mean um or go into a deep discussion or ask questions and whatnot so i didn't want them to uh feel uncomfortable if that was all being recorded and what and stuff you know so anyway um i wanted to get information from them that way i could know you know i need to know as their 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 pastor what what they know and what they don't know so i can have a good framework to deliver you know some some information to them so they can learn um uh, so anyway that that that's why there's no sermon thingy podcast episode thing going on so (laughs) that's why okay so uh paypal and the link um facebook Instagram, getting some new likes on there. A lot of people I don't know. That's cool. Thank you for listening. Uh, share, share an episode, share a post, do whatever you want. Uh, thank you for listening. It's uh, encouraging and I appreciate it. I hope this is educational. I hope it's edifying. I hope it's encouraging. So let's get into this here in Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 yeah 21 chapter 1 21 reading here from the ESV for the the reading of it and so let's let's get into this and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, for your sake and in my flesh. I 
Oh, oh, sorry. And in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. That is a big statement. (laughs) For the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the, the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, hmm. but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul's writing is just so good. (laughs) So him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that that he powerfully works within me. All right, so Paul presents a strong contrast between the Colossians' pre-Christian status and their favorable situation now as believers, as Christians, right? So in the ancient Greek, the word translated alienated is, is literally transferred to another owner, okay? So this transfer of ownership is from God to um from god to satan and self um affected us in both mind and behavior okay so belonging to adam a descendant of adam to that race we are born alienated from god uh transferred to another owner right we are all descendants of adam born with this knowledge of good and evil born with sin some call it the uh the original sin and all this all right but uh nevertheless it's this knowledge of good and evil that we are born to inclined to be hostile towards our creator god so then as individuals we choose to accept and embrace that alienation with our sins okay um we don't know it's some may not know its sins but uh it's it's this hostility in mind, right? Uh, doing evil deeds that he says. We embrace this. One, it, but it says once, once were alienated. You who once were alienated and hostile in mind. This means that in Jesus, we are no longer alienated. The difference between a believer and a non-believer isn't just merely forgiveness there's a complete change of status and identification okay Uh, we should know this Uh, and and then he goes on to this um, again the reconciled (laughs) God's answer to the problem of this alienation is reconciliation initiated by his work on the cross right reconciled uh, I always lose my place because I look look around the room or look at the screen reconciled in his body of flesh by his death so in in the work of reconciliation god god didn't just meet us halfway god met us all the way right and i don't even want to say meets us but he he took it all the way invites us in to accept that right uh 
there, there's there's different ways of understanding human need and and God's salvation, right? God, we we can see God as the judge, and we're sinful, right? Because of the, the the born into it, so we're guilty before Him. So we need forgiveness, and we need justified. We can see God um, a, as our friend, but we have to also see, see that because of our life before Christ, we have damaged our relationship with him even further. Therefore, we need to be reconciled. We need this reconciliation, all right? So both of these statements are true, but neither one should be promoted at the expense of the other, all right? And then we have this um the body of flesh, the phrase body of his flesh. Um, Paul Paul wants to em- emphasize that this happened because of something that happened to a man on a cross, a real man, a sinless man, God in flesh. To all of this, um, to to present us, right? Uh, to to in order to present us holy and blameless and above reproach, um, above him or in his sight. So this is the result of God's work of reconciliation, all right? So taken together, these words show that in Jesus we are pure, we are new creations, and we can't even um, be we, we can't even be justly accused of impurity because of this, because of this he is present he presents us to present you holy and blameless above reproach in his sight or before him right huh. so uh that ideal of presenting us holy and blameless before god um can recall terminology that's been used um when priest inspected sacrifices in the old testament we are presented to god as a living sacrifice and a desire to be saved means a desire to be made complete to be made whole to be forgiven to be reconciled that desire to be right with god is to be made new made holy and blameless above reproach not merely a desire to escape hell or damnation or to feel good or to get to heaven someday or for some to be raptured or whatever none of that is not <laughs> none of, it's not it's the desire to be reconciled you you hear the gospel you hear of the things that you're not that you could be because god has made it possible through his son jesus right so those the desire to be saved means that that you want to be holy you want to be blameless you want to be above reproach you cannot do it on your own there's no works that are going to take care of that that's pointless that's worthless it won't do any good jesus has taken care of that for us and in him because of him faith alone grace alone boom this is the result of that reconciliation so in order and then let's see here uh if indeed you continue in the faith okay those truly reconciled will persevere okay paul's main focus is continuing in the truth of the gospel continuing in the faith right um this is christian conduct this is christian life to continue in this new 
creation lifestyle. That is what it is. We are not um, we are not saved by that conduct, but it's the results of being reconciled, the results of being faith uh, 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 of saved, that we continue in this in this faith, walking in faith. It's the faith that counts. All right. It's not the sinner's prayer that saved you. It's not you going to the altar, answering an altar call that saves you. It's um, it, it, it's not any of that. It, it's the faith that that brought you into the fold. All right. So, but because of that, we we're created for these good works in Christ, and we will continue in the in that. Those who are truly saved and reconciled will preserve or uh, persevere. Sorry, did I say preserve earlier? Persevere. <laughs> so it's important for us to to walk. All right, walk in a worthy manner of, okay? So it's even more uh, important for Christians to continue in the truth of the gospel because we are saved by grace through faith, right? Because um, uh, because of that, we're, we're able to stay in Christ. Um, we, we don't, we don't, we can't mess it up, <laughs> you know? Um, some people will take that the wrong way, but they'll misinterpret what I just said, so... Okay, now what did Paul? What has Paul did or done for the Colossians? We see this here um, in in twenty four. Um, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. All right, he um, filling up the flesh. What's lacking in the afflictions? All right, so Paul wrote this from a Roman jail. He was able to see that his sufferings worked something good for others. So. He's saying that his sufferings were for the Colossians and for other Christians. And this word afflictions is never used for the suffering of Jesus on the cross. Cross. Most commentators see this as a reference to the affliction Jesus endured in his ministry. These affl- afflictions are not yet complete. And in this, in this sense, Jesus still suffers as he ministers through his people, which is Paul here and that's what he's getting at here and then for the 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 sake of his body and and mentioning that this is his church paul did not suffer for himself in the way that um an um, ascetic might instead he suffered for the sake of the body of christ right now the ascetics focus on their holiness and their spiritual growth and on their perfection okay a self-centered but paul followed in the footsteps of jesus and was on others centered or was an others centered person so paul found holiness spiritual growth and maturity when he pursued these things for the body for others okay so paul then is a servant of the church and he's revealing the mystery of god that once was hidden all this 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 stuff here that is just astounding uh the stewardship from god that was given to me for you to make the word of god fully known the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints all right Uh, (laughs) so Paul was a minister. He's an apostle, but he is a servant of the body of Christ, the church. I've already said that, but that's what this verse is is saying. He did not take this position on his own initiative at all, but according to the stewardship from God, God put Paul in this position. He did not 
put himself there. And it's so radical that he would have been a Pharisee and uh, persecuting Christians only to end up becoming a servant of these Christians and to the Gentiles as well, right? Um, <laughs> so like God, right? Um, and, the, and then the, that the word of God, the mystery, all right? In the biblical sense, a mystery is not a riddle. It is a truth that can only be known by revelation, not by intuition. But now it can be known because it now has been revealed to his saints. So, but it was hidden from ages and generations. All right. So this reminds us that there are aspects to God's plan that were not clearly revealed in the Old Testament. The specific mystery Paul refers to here deals with many aspects of the work of Jesus in his people, but especially the plan of the church to make one body out of Jew and Gentile taken like um, uh, t- taken from the uh, well, how am I going to say that to make one body out of the Jew and Gentile um, well de- uh, destroying that wall of hostility right. That Jesus was the fulfillment of true Israel, right? And so now all is Israel, but the two, the two, Jew and Gentile, male, female, all that stuff, right? Boom, they're all in. It's all one new man. It's back to this Ephesian stuff too, really here. So um, Adam Clark says the mystery is this, that, that God had had designed to grant the Gentiles the same privileges with the Jews and make them his people who were not his people. Uh, that that this is in what Paul means by the mystery. Um, it's a go back to Ephesians chapter three. Um, Paul Paul speaking of the whole unfolding plan then for the world and above all his plan of redemption through the Messiah that it includes everybody. All right, there was elements. There were elements that were known, but it all was was not known. So key aspects of it were hidden. Um, thus they were a mystery which could only be known and understood when they were actually revealed and then they were revealed by God through Jesus all right so this language occurs so much um, even in the Old Testament it's in the book of Daniel but after God reveals to Daniel that Nebuchadnezzar's dream foretold these four different kingdoms that would culminate in the kingdom of God Daniel tells the king that that there there's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar um, what will be in the latter days in Daniel chapter two. So at the heart of of of, um, of the, at, at the heart of the mystery that that God is now revealing through Paul is this this hallmark, if you will, of the new covenant that Christ, that Christ in you, the hope of glory, that God Himself in the person of Christ will be directly and personally present in the lives of his people. And his his presence assures all of us a future life with him, an eternal life. Okay? So Christ does not reside only in believing Jews in the first century, uh, but also in the believing Gentiles. Okay? So that there is one unified people 
of God. And then again, Ephesians, as Ephesians 2, um, 11 through 22, and Ephesians 3, 2, and 6. All right, so um, that, that, that whole wonder and glory of the abiding and dwelling Jesus, this Holy Spirit, was not clearly revealed in the Old Testament. And especially that he would abide in the Gentiles. So this aspect of the work of Jesus in his people in the church was a mystery. And it wasn't revealed until the time of Jesus and his apostles. This means that God is revealed to us in Jesus, right? And classic theologians use um, some Latin term that I can't pronounce to refer to the hidden God. The God, um, the God than cannot be clearly seen or known, and that's what it means, but the Latin theological term refers to the revealed God. In Jesus, the deuce uh, something has become uh, the revealed. <laughs> In Jesus, the hidden God has become through the revealed God. That's what I mean. Uh, and so the, the Christian... Oh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the believers, the Christian's hope of glory. It isn't our works. It's not how much we read or how much our know we know in the intellect. It's not how much we serve. It's not how many times we go to church or the power of our own spirituality or how many signs and wonders or whatever takes place. No, it's the abiding presence of Jesus Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. And it's not the, the rapture. Some people have said that. It's not. It's Christ in you. Man, that's the hope of glory. It's not about. It's not even, it's not even intended for our happiness. It's all for God's glory, too. Okay? So, in him, then he, he starts to uh, go into uh, this uh, hymn we proclaim, right? And then warning everyone and teaching everyone with all this wisdom and all this. So, um that's the poke the focus of Paul's preaching. He didn't preach himself or his opinions or tons of funny illustrations and anecdotes and things like that or entertainment types of stories. He preached Jesus. And with that is warning and teaching. So Paul wanted the whole gospel for the whole world, right? He wouldn't hold back in either area. It's for every man. And he present he presented it in all wisdom. All right. Now some some translate the word warning as counseling. Uh, the ancient Greek here means to impart understanding, to lay on the mind or the heart. The stress here then the emphasis is on influencing not only the intellect but also the will and disposition. It describes a basic means of education so the work of warning or helping to impart understanding you ought to be able to see is paul's passion all right this was a passion for him in his ministry and it was also it's also the job of church leaders all right first thessalonians 5 12 and of the church body in general colossians 3 16 we'll get to at some point providing that they are able to admonish others okay so this we want to uh warning and teaching but warning uh as i said helping to impart an understanding of the gospel that god um that jesus reveals uh 
God. So um, the, 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 this work then was for every man. In contrast, the false teachers at Colossae, they believed the way of salvation uh, to be so involved that it could be understood only by a select few people who made up sort of a, a some weird spiritual like you know uh, elite system or something you know what i mean so um th- there's there's that and then um and, and then he ends then uh, for this i toil struggling with with all his energy that that he powerfully works within me paul's work was empowered by the holy spirit by God's strength, all right? But God's strength in Paul's life didn't mean that he did nothing. He worked hard according to this working, right? So this um, this struggling, right, that he says that this word struggling or striving, its root can, be, can mean to compete in the games, and it carries um, as of... Then in Paul, the idea of uh, athletic contest that Paul Paul does not go about his work half-heartedly, um, just hoping, right, that grace will fill in the gaps because <laughs> he's too lazy to work at it himself. No, um, he it, Paul is struggling with all of his, which is Christ's energy, to help them grow and mature in Christ. That's his point there. Paul Paul ministers uh, so that every person will be complete in Christ, and will see that um, will that they will see that all wisdom and knowledge are in Him. So that wraps up chapter one of Colossians. So that is more like the drive a drive through thing right there. Um, well, almost. <laughs> so <laughs> it's still sort of short. But next time we will get into chapter two and we will see this whole alive in Christ thing going on. And we will see the, the central theme is in Christ. Um, uh, it's in Christ we have redemption. In Christ all things were created. In Christ all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. All these things we're going to see in Christ, in Christ. Paul Paul's famous little phrase in Christ. Um, well, probably the Holy Spirit's uh, fa- famous phrase because Paul's writing under, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. All right. So there we go. Colossians chapter one is finished. And thank you so much. Thank you for listening. So, all right. There you go. There's another episode. Any questions, comments, disagreements, send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram and post and share and like and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be a mustard seed, be leaven. God bless.